Welcome to the Pilgrim's Well podcast. Pilgrim's Well is produced by Seventh Reformed Church as a resource for the souls of Christians wherever you are in your journey. Here we share testimonies, provide spiritual encouragement, and discuss key topics of the Christian faith, systematic theology, and so much more. Join us now for today's episode of the Pilgrim's Well. Hello and welcome back to another episode here at the Pilgrim's Well. We're so glad that you're joining us today. Um, we're excited to talk about some very challenging topics. My name is Paul van Engelenhoven and I'm here with Israel Charisma. Um, it's a joy to uh, open the word with you. We've done a couple of videos about uh, perhaps a bit more controversial topics. Today we're going to talk about a biblical topic. Which is controversial as well. Which is controversial, <laughs> but I think it's a very important topic. Yeah. I think it's a topic that leads to a lot of questions. And the way that we're going to do this, uh, actually, let me just give you a little bit of a heads up what we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about sin in the Old Testament and um, how the Bible is sometimes silent on whether this was something that was right or wrong or or not. And so we're going to talk about that. One of the reasons is we have an expert here today, because Israel is going to preach about... Uh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> see him. <laughs> You're the one. Oh, no. Israel is going to preach about um, Samson tomorrow evening. So uh, this is me grilling him to see uh, <laughs> how he answers the, the difficulties around in the life of Samson. And... Uh, I think by God's grace, it'd be, a, it'd be an encouragement to us. But we're going to start with a question that I got by email a couple of weeks ago, which I think sets up the question very nicely. And it talks really about Genesis and Exodus. So we're going to start there and then move towards Samson in um, the book of Judges. So here's the question. And this uh, kind of gives you an idea of the way that our worship service goes. We read through the Old Testament and we read through the New Testament um, one chapter or part of a chapter at a time. The question is this. The reading from Genesis yesterday was full of incidents of adultery. It's the life of the uh, fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that we're going through. And you have all these wives and, and all of that. Uh, I've read the passage before, though it struck me yesterday that adultery is discussed in Genesis freely without the appearance of sin and definitely not something that needs to be repented of. But close on the heels, Exodus comes around and uh, brings the commandments. Thou shalt not commit mm -hmm. adultery, etc., etc. Understandably, it was likely a cultural, societal thing, but the paradox of the two books' uh, messages made me question why that's the case. What are your thoughts? Well, yeah, that's a, a hard question, but uh, I think he made some assumptions that are not quite uh, right. So, yes, it talks about adultery a lot and openly, uh, but. It's still, there's, there's a sense of sin, I think. But it's not in all, all narratives, right? So we have to keep this in mind that sometimes the narrative, uh, some narratives are trying to focus in one aspect and not in other aspects. So uh, we, we have to make sure of what is the, the specific focus of the altar in this specific narrative. Is that to talk about sin or to talk about this or that? To talk about the promises? So, uh, and it's not 
always, not only in Genesis, but in the whole scriptures and other narratives, it's not always, uh, does not, not always the author wants to, to make clear for everyone what is sin or what is not. He's just uh, uh, speaking about the facts that are going through. And we have quite a few passages that we can go to and to judge whether the, the things that the narrator are speaking are sinful or not. So mm-hmm. I think the first thing is, what is the focus of the passage of, or, or the, the specific narrative? That's the first thing. Uh, You're going in, because I think you're on the right track, because I think the, um, the way when we think about the Bible, and we think about it rightly this way, it's the Word of God. Yes. So we, there's a, I think a lot of people, when they read the Bible, they would say, well, as it is God's word, this is God speaking to me. Mm-hmm. So this is God explaining his viewpoint of, on all these things, which in a general sense is good. But then what you're pointing out is narratives, right? So yeah. the, the word narrative is a genre, mm-hmm. right? A, way, a particular way of, that a story is related. So why would you use the word narrative? Um, why, why do you bring that up? Like, why, why do you talk about genre? Yeah, so I have to think about it. But uh, so when we go to the, the chapter, uh, the, the book of Genesis is mainly about uh, how God uh, was preparing uh, his people and he raised up Abraham and there's all the, the narrative about uh, sin and how sin came to the world, the beginning of everything. So he's telling us a story, right? Mm. He's not giving us law specifically. So he's telling us a story. So it's very important that when we go to, to the Bible, to any, any book, we have to make sure uh, what is the genre of the... So if you go to Proverbs, for instance, it's mm-hmm. completely different. Psalms, different. Ecclesiastes. Mm. Uh, or if you go to a, a prophetic book. So different genres you have to uh, read with uh, different glasses so to speak you know uh so yeah i think that that's that's why yeah yeah and if i if i may add a little bit to yeah, it sure. i think the uh, the idea of genre here especially narrative it's describing the history of abram isaac and jacob yes. there in genesis mm-hmm. right so where is israel come from and how it's developed and all of that and um it's not so much a um were they right? Were mm. they wrong? Because the, the, the fathers of Israel, and really the, the fathers of, of the Christian faith, too, by extension, mm-hmm. it's not the story of, well, here were these three generations of people that were just superior in every way, mm-hmm. faultless and without mistake. Yeah. Right. That's not the point of the mm-hmm. the book or, um, uh, or 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 of of the narrative story. It really relates the story. But I do think the question is interesting, and I think it's a valid question because um, the obviously assumption behind it is is we don't know. We know that God never changes. Mm-hmm. So is God approving by not mm-hmm. condemning? Right. So is God agreeing with um, uh, Abram's uh, choices with with uh, Isaac's choices mm-hmm. with Jacob's choices, and I think especially I think in this case we're in, in Jacob's life, where he ends up having two wives with 
concubines would kind of become mm. his wives and, mm-hmm. and you get this whole complicated situation yes. of, of family dynamics of uh, people <laughs> wanting to get children in kind of a competition with mm-hmm. each other and the question that obviously comes up with why is this not condemned mm-hmm. you know why does god not say eh, that's wrong that's <laughs> a you know i'm, I'm going to punish you for that mm-hmm. And I think that's where that's why I like that you brought up narratives because in narratives uh, these things and, and God's judgments are interwoven in the story. Mm-hmm. So think about it this way: another example where God does speak up, uh, where you do see the consequences. Both is in the story of uh, David with Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. David sins by um, taking Bathsheba. For himself uh, and ends up marrying her, and God is upset, uh, angry with his sin. He's, he's, uh, and what's the result? Well, God said, because you've done a uh, um, an act of immorality, mm-hmm. I'm going to cause your family to be at chaos. Yeah, and in this case, he he clearly spoke this to yes, you. but there are some cases that. God well, not say, right. yeah. But, but yeah, but the consequences comes anyways. Consequences the yeah. same, yeah. Right. So uh, look at Jacob's home. Can you imagine living in that home, growing <laughs> up as little Judah or little, yeah. Right. Uh, I mean, you're uh, you have four mothers walking around, <laughs> and they're all half. Many of them are half brothers, and uh, but your brothers and and your name says. I beat your mom. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is a confusing. Yes. I mean, this family is is at odds yeah. with each other, and and you see that in the family dynamics that sons throw them in a pit and want to sell them off into slavery. I mean, this is yeah. the same consequences as in David's yeah. life. But David is, of course, after the law, and so um, you have. But but the consequences are the same. So I see God not accepting of all of this. He doesn't cancel him out and say, mm-hmm. "I'm not going to work with you anymore," mm-hmm. um, and we're going to we got to deal with that topic. Yes. Um, but th- the consequences are there. So to say that um, God does not care, mm-hmm. or that Genesis and Exodus are different, no, I think they're the same. Uh, the law of uh, God is the same in the sense that His morality is the same. He yes. looks at things the same way, and He recognizes sin as sin. As such, right? So um, I don't think that um, uh, Jacob does the right thing, and you can see that in, in mm-hmm. the story itself, right? Yeah. All the motivations, and the mm-hmm. uh, and and we're not used to if you're if you're an Acts or say Exodus law kind of reader, and you like that clarity. This is wrong. <laughs> this is wrong. This is wrong. Narratives throw you for a loop. Yes, right? Because narratives, what they do is. <laughs> Is you got to read very carefully and say, okay, why does he say this? Why does he not say that? So you got to really go into the story and picture it and understand mm-hmm. it and say, and then you realize, why is this family such a mess? <laughs> right? Why is there so much war and, and, and where does it come from? And these are God's mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And, this, the, and the consequences of those things is something that people don't usually see uh, because sometimes they are looking for a clear statement about this is wrong, this is, this is right. And something that I heard a lot from Christians and from unbelievers that, uh, and it it relates with this uh, messy life, uh, is that they they say, oh, that would be easy to be an Old Testament believer. I could get 
as many wives as I could and still be saved or I could uh, uh, kill or do whatever I could and still be saved. But No, you don't. <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that's the first point. But they don't see also this, this, the consequences of, of their sins, the, how terrible were their, their lives. Or sometimes even those Solomon wives leading him to, to worship other gods and uh, it's, it's, it's very messy and, and yeah. dark. Absolutely. And I think this relates to our lives as well. Yeah. Right? I mean, uh, when you do something wrong, do the clouds open up and you <laughs> hear a voice coming down? Or do you have the retribution of the law coming to you right away? No. Yeah. Right? Even though the law is given, we know it's wrong. Mm -hmm. But um, God doesn't always respond right away. Sure. However... If you begin to make choices like that, will your family become a mess? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Or, or, or any choice. I mean, uh, every time you take a zip of sin, you're going to feel the poison yes. in your life. So it's, it's very similar to our own life, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why we can relate to Abraham. Yeah. That yes, God, and, and I mean, it shows the mercy of God. Mm -hmm. That God still talks with Jacob <laughs> after all of this. Yeah. And, and, and they die in peace full of years, right? So God is gracious. And um, the, this, the, the passage that I think deals directly with this, I won't quiz you on this, <laughs> is the passage in Romans. Okay. Right? In Romans, uh, actually, let me um, turn to that passage real quick. In Romans chapter uh, 3, verse 25. Uh, we read in the second half of 25. Um, so 25 is uh, God put forward Jesus as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, so his the patience of God, mm -hmm. God was very patient. He had passed over former sins. That's there. That's Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Mm -hmm. And, and other saints of the Old Testament. Yeah. But, uh, and, and that's why the question comes up, and this needed to happen. So when Jesus died on the cross, that's why God doesn't cross out Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God passed over mm -hmm. those sins in patience, waiting or looking forward to when Christ yeah. would pay for those sins. That's why um, he could uh, pass over those mm -hmm. former sins, because one day those sins would be Paid for. Yeah. So all the sins in Genesis that you see of all of God's people, uh, they would be one day placed upon Christ. Yes. And so God was in his forbearance mm -hmm. waiting for the judgment and not kill Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob Amen. for their sins. And it makes me remind of a text in Numbers. This text is so uh, marvelous. It's in the Balaam and Balak mm. uh, narrative. Uh, it's uh, 23, Numbers 23. So Balak uh, hires the prophet Balaam to curse the people of God. Mm -hmm. And he, every time he tries, he ends up blessing them. So one of these blessings uh, we find in chapter 23, verse 21. This is such a beautiful thing because you were saying that uh, it's kind of like looking forward and uh, that's good. But the way God saw those saints in the Old Testament was also in this way. And he says in verse 21, talking about God, uh, Behold, 20, Behold, I receive a command to bless. He has blessed. 
and I cannot revoke it, 21, he has not beheld misfortune in Jacob, Mm. nor has he seen trouble in Israel. The Lord, their God, is with them, and the shout of a king is among them. That's incredible. Even after all those chapters of murmuring and adultery and all those things, God did not beheld misfortune, iniquity in Jacob, nor trouble in Israel. And this is great. And and it, it tells about the grace of God and... It's talking about justification, how God sees the saints, even in the Old Testament, even yeah. with all those sinners. And the, the reason why the, the verse 21 says, because God is with them. Yeah. So it's God is for us. He will clean us and cleanse us for every sin. So that's, yeah. that's I mean, it's amazing. amazing right? yeah. it's, and I think that's really the answer to the question, right? Because um, we think, and this would be Satan's accusation. And if, you, if Satan is the accuser of, of the saints, mm-hmm. of the faithful, um, Satan would say, God, you're not just. How can you pass over mm-hmm. the sins? How can you not see these sins in Jacob? <laughs> you should squash this worm. All right? You should root out this Jacob. Look what he's done. He, is he really your servant? And God says, he is. And Satan is accusing him, mm-hmm. right? That, that, are you not a just God? And then when Jesus dies upon the cross, God points and says, look, there's my justice. I paid for that price. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for that. All right, very good. I want to move to a perhaps even more challenging case. <laughs> and uh, this is Samson, right? <laughs> Samson is kind of the... Uh, yes. The Old Testament, uh, if you can speak about this respectfully, but the troubled child <laughs> of the Old Testament. I mean, he's a, ju- um, a judge in Israel. And uh, I especially want to bring up the passage that you asked me a question about. So I'm just going to pass the question back okay. to you. All right. <laughs> um, where um, Samson is taking a wife hmm. outside of the Israelites. Mm-hmm. And God's, and then it says, this was God's will. <laughs> That's a tough one. So, so this goes beyond, right? Yeah. So this is what we would recognize, according to the law, as something that is not righteous, mm-hmm. not in line with the law. And yet it is part of God's plan. So how do we respond to that? Do you know the passage from? Yeah, it's chapter 14, I think. Uh, let me see. Right in the beginning, when he saw... Um, one of the daughters of the Philistine, the Timina. Mm-hmm. And he said that he wants her as wife. And, yeah, and the parents, the parents were just like, what? He's, he, she's not from the people of God. You should take, you're an Ezraite. You, you're a deliverer. You should do the things right. Good uh, Israelite parents. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. absolutely. Especially in those, those times yeah. where they were just living their lives quite in peace with the, uh, the enemies. Uh, and he said, uh, his father was, verse, verse four? 4, yeah, his father and mother did not know that it was from the Lord, for he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. Yeah, so looks like God is, can, uh, how should I say, uh, God is leading Samson to sin or letting him sin or... Yeah, this is, we will, we will have to go to other texts of the Bible to understand this because mm-hmm. uh, James talks about it, right? Uh, that God does not tempt anyone. We are tempted by our own uh, 
our own fleshly desires. Mm-hmm. So what happened here is that Samson is trying to do what is right to his own eyes, which is kind of refrained to the whole book of Judges. And the, narr- the, narr- the narrator uh, picks up on that. And in, in the way Samson talks about himself, he said that she is right in my eyes. Uh, what do you mean by that? He's right in my eyes. Okay, yeah, it, it's good for him. It's pleasing to him to take her as a wife independently of whatever God would say. Or yeah, so it's, it's his, his desire, will, his, his desire. lust. That's right. Yes. Yeah, his sin. So yeah. it's, it's, it's about him. But the way, we, I, the way I look to this passage is the same way as God in, uh, interprets, uh, Joseph interprets his own story. Mm-hmm. When uh, he got all his brothers there, and, and he said that they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Yes. So I think this is how... Can you give a little bit of a background to that for people that might not oh, be for as Joseph. familiar? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so in the history of Joseph, uh, he was... Their brothers were jealous about him because his father uh, loved him more, and it was very clear to the whole family, and they just tried to kill him. Uh, but they just uh, sold him for the uh, the people who were going to the Egypt, and and he st- stayed there for a long time and go through terrible things. Uh, and and after this, he became a governor and became a ruler uh, over Egypt. Uh, and then he, the, 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 by the providence of God, the, the, the brothers came back to, for food because they were going through a famine. Yeah, the, the whole family of Israel was about to die, right? Yes. Because there was no food. Yes. And then, and then all those bad things happened uh, to Joseph because of their brothers, because they're intended to do this evil to him because of their uh, sinful hearts and desires. And then when he is before them, uh, he just say, Okay, you meant this for evil, but God meant this uh, for good. He had the whole, uh, the, the whole thing planned beforehand yeah. uh, in a way that he'd, he was not agreeing with their, your sins, with the sins of the brothers, but in, still he was orchestrating everything to the good of his people, as we see in Romans uh, chapter 8, that God does everything f- uh, for those who love mm. him. Uh, so I think that's, that's the case with Samson too. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, it, the text says that it, uh, that this was from the Lord because he was seeking an opportunity against the Philistines. And we have to go back to the context, which is God uh, raising up uh, judges to deliver the people from their oppressors. Yeah. So this is God's will to, to, to bring salvation, to deliverance to his people uh, in this time with, with Sansom. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's how those things are... Uh, uh, we can explain, but it, it's hard to understand how God acts uh, through all those kind of things, in, especially the sins of the people. But yeah, I think that that's how it works. God yeah. works. Yeah, it's, I think it's God's uh, active and passive um, providence yes. through life. Right? I mean, uh, think about the Apostle Paul. Paul is rejoicing that the Lord saved him, the chief of all sinners. Right? He's, he's, he's not boasting in himself, but it says this was to show mm-hmm. the, the incredible grace and mercy yeah. of God. That uh, even me, even I, who was a persecutor of the church, would be saved. Now, what is he saying there? He's obviously not saying that God was saying, great job in persecuting the church. <laughs> right? Uh, obviously yeah. not. 
And yet, he's saying kind of the same thing as in God passively willed mm-hmm. for me. He, he allowed me mm-hmm. to live in all this sin so that once I was saved, he could show his great and marvelous love. Yes. His grace. In the same way, uh, Pharaoh was a tool in mm-hmm. God's yes. sight by his yes. sin in that case. But uh, Pharaoh hardened his heart and, and um, uh, struck against God. And then mm-hmm. God adds to that and hardens Pharaoh's heart. Yeah. Um, but he becomes God's servant um, by hating God, right? By, by going against God. And God uses that. And so God doesn't make Pharaoh mm-hmm. sin. And yet, God passively allows Pharaoh to sin mm-hmm. because of his greater purposes yeah, and plans. Yeah. And I think that's what's going on here, that uh, Samson had a desire after this. Yes. Um, but God had um, the plan to liberate Israel mm-hmm. through Samson. Yes. Um, and we got to be careful with that, that we don't interpret that as... We could do whatever we want, and God will somehow <laughs> yes. spin it for the best, right? Yeah, that's I, not the right interpretation. That's not the right. <laughs> no. uh, you know, my, my mom would used to say that God can hit straight hits with a crooked stick, <laughs> right? God is able to do whatever um, uh, he desires in his mm-hmm. great wisdom, but he is never a partaker of evil. Yes. He never causes men to do evil. But he can use man's wrong mm-hmm. decisions for ultimately yes. salvific purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, think about the cross of Christ. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking about. Right? Right. I mean, he, he allowed um, man to sin, and he uses that ultimately for the salvation mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think we, we have to look at it that way. Uh, I think Samson... They live at a different time in salvation history where um, we would be less excused. Mm-hmm. That uh, yes. If you look at the way that Samson lives and his relationship with the Spirit, um, the Holy Spirit comes upon him, right? You see that uh, in verse 6, after this came from the Lord. So he's, mm-hmm. he's been doing, he's been running after his sinful desires, and then the Spirit of the Lord rushes upon mm-hmm. him. So he, he gets strengthened and empowered by God at specific instances. I think mm-hmm. the New Testament clearly displays a different relationship mm-hmm. with the Spirit. So I don't think that in our world we can do well, I can do anything against God's will, mm-hmm. and God will somehow spin it for good or use it that way. Uh, I've heard people uh, speak about it that way, but I think that uh, misses the whole point. Mm-hmm. Where now uh, we've come to the New, West, New Testament, um, a salvation in Christ, the fullness of times where the Lord um, has given us such a abiding power and presence of the Spirit that we cannot excuse and hide behind yeah, Samson. Yeah. But uh, I think you're right. So I hope this is... Do you want to add anything? No, I, uh, no. Actually, I, just, I would just say that that's, that's a good point that you made uh, to not use those examples to, ex- uh, make, uh, to excuse us. And we have so much more revelation. We have so much more... Uh, things that God revealed to us so we are accountable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Makes me think about a future video we got to do on uh, the differences between Old Testament believers and New Testament believers. Oh, that's a tough one. That's another <laughs> tough one, but uh, we're not going to do that today. We got to <laughs> get some thinking, pondering, and study on that, but uh, God's grace, uh, one of these videos in the next uh, 
five centuries or so. We might do a video <laughs> on that. Well, thanks for watching. We hope this is helpful. Um, we hope especially that this will help you understand the Old Testament better. And uh, we pray that God would continue to strengthen you as you walk with the Lord and seek as well. Thank you so much. Thank Goodbye. You. Thank you for tuning in on today's episode of The Pilgrim's Well. For more, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and find us on YouTube at Pilgrim's Well. To find this church online, go to seventhref.org.